This is our last Sunday of July. I didn't think it was going to end the long month. And for some of you, it's even longer because I know a couple of you are transitioning from one place of another and moving and all that stuff, and that must be amazing. We have some people who are living amongst the boxes. And this morning in my membership class, I was talking about choices that we have in the morning, and, and Ivy Marsh made me aware that she only had one choice <laughs> to wear because she's in that process of moving. So all her stuff is bagged and boxed, and she's in between. But we, we love the fact that she considers her relationship with God important enough to hang around on a Sunday with such mess. And so is Miss Hamilton going through that process too. Being the last Sunday, you all received most likely this morning a calendar for the month of August. I want to encourage you to save it, to keep it. Mine is in the refrigerator door. And I'm reminded every time I go to it of the things I have to do. And more because I write on it. I also have one in my briefcase, in, in my book bag case, so I can be reminded. And I have a third one in the car. In case I don't have the refrigerator and the book bag with me in the car, I have a third one in the car. Um, if you're a, a um, greeter, if you are going to be working with children ministries, your dates are there. Please look at them and uh, respond to your commitments there. Um, birthdays are also there. And towards the back, you have a reiteration of some of the announcements. And you always have a brief description of what I'll be dealing with next month and the topics for next month's sermon series. So I invite you to please get a calendar on your way in on your way out and keep it as part of... The, when, when we are in church, we, we talk about the life of the church. And we never... Some of us miss things of the life of the church because we don't know when they're happening. This is one of the resources that we have for the life of the church. Now, it's also online. When there is a change in the calendar... No, we can't. We still don't have the technology to change them wherever you put it in here. But, but if you go online, if there's any change, it will show up on the online calendar. Linda is very, very good at keeping all that information updated. Let me read for you a, a, a short passage of the letter that Peter wrote to the Corinthians. It's called 1 Corinthians, but we really don't know because uh, we know that Peter wrote three letters to the Corinthians, but we only have two. Uh, we, we do know this is the first one because he's introducing himself in this letter. The second one is the one that we're not sure whether it was actually the second one or the third one, but because it's the second one that we have, we call 2 Corinthians. But we know there was another letter that Paul wrote to the church in Corinth that we don't have. And if you find it in your attic, let me know. We'll, we'll share the, the loot from that. Uh, but this is Peter, uh, uh, Paul writing to the Corinthians. And the Corinthian church was a very uh, interesting church. It was not a Jewish church per se, even though there were Jewish people there. It was a church predominantly by Gentiles. And if you remember, the word for Gentiles in the original writings of the New Testament is the word ethnos, where we come up with the word ethnic. So this was the minority church <laughs> in relation to the Jewish church. By the way, this whole idea I've been learning, taking a class in, in history uh, online with our denomination, and it's, uh, the title is Facing Racism. And I just learned this week 
that before the, the U.S. becoming a country, uh, the, the people did not divide themselves by the color of their skin. They divided themselves into other categories. There were categories of language. There were categories of religion, which is what the Scripture deals with, mainly the division between Jews and everybody else who wasn't a Jewish. They were also divided by regions where they came, by geography. So, so we would, the, the, the Hernandezes, Velardas would be one with me because we come from the same little island in the Caribbean. And then if we got other Caribbean people, and there's not that, we, we would probably, should we invite them also? The Jamaican, yeah? Yeah, why not? They're also from the Caribbean, so, so we'll make them on our area. Yeah. But, but that's the thing. People would divide themselves mostly by regions, not so much by the color of the skin. It was our colonists who began to use that category of dividing each other by colors of skin. That's how it began. Uh, we started it. <laughs> Historically, fascinating. History side aside, Paul is dealing with the same issue, but not so much racial disharmony, but rather religious disharmony. There were Jews in the church. There were Gentiles in the church. Some Jews felt that they were better because they come from the root of Jesse, from the Israel family. Some Gentiles felt they were just the same because they were grafted, as Paul said in Romans, into the one family of Christ, where we are all one. But what happened was, and this is the question we're going to ask ourselves this morning, what happens when the Holy Spirit comes into a community? What happens when the Holy Spirit appears, make itself or himself known to a community, and what happens is problems happen? Do you realize that? Every time the Holy Spirit shows up somewhere, problems happen. And I'll tell you why later. So, this is a church that's growing, that's very vital, and, and things are happening in there. God is moving in there, and they realize they have gifts. They realize that some were able to speak in tongues and interpret. Others were able to prophesy, profess the word of the Lord. Some were able to lay hands on others, and they were healing. They were, some got rich, and they shared it with the community. Things were happening out of the norm. But every time... God comes into a community and makes things good and joyful, we begin to, I want that. Well, I'm better than His. We become children. Not in the good sense of the word, like the ones that Anne is having to deal with. In the good sense of the word, they just saw Nana. They're happy to see Grandma, and that's joyful. So, uh, they were competing with one another. Those who spoke in tongues felt <clears throat> more spiritual than those who didn't. Those who understood mysteries of the Scripture felt more elite than those who spoke that gibberish. And they began to divide themselves again. Goodness sake. Well, then Paul interjects the following. And this is where we catch Paul trying to teach the church in Corinthians, which knows it belongs to Christ, which is flourishing in Christ, but for a moment just lost there who they were really in Christ. And Paul goes ahead and summarizes his entire chapter 12, maybe summarized in these three verses. And he says, listen to and for the word of the Lord. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord 
God works in different ways. But it is the same, what does it say? It is the same God who does the work in all of us. Now, if you notice, if you look in, in your worship guide at that text, I want you to notice three words. Because it's very interesting. Rob, I just saw that this morning. And I wanted to share it with you. Notice the first line. It talks about the first spirit, right? The spirit. The second line talks about the Lord. And the third line talks about God. The Trinity. It's the Trinity right there. See the Trinity in that summarization? God, the Lord, and the Spirit. But Paul wrote it from the earth down, not from the heavens down, from the earth up. He wrote it, we have lots of gifts, lots of abilities, lots of opportunities, lots of chances, but guess what? It's the same Spirit that works in all of us. Oh, we have wonderful, <coughs> excuse me, wonderful experiences with the same Lord Jesus, our Savior, that brings us together. And then he finishes with a wonderful statement. It is the same God that works in all of us the same. So he's bringing us back to the same level, to the same playing field. It is not about our abilities. It is not about what I think I have, what I think I believe, what I think I can give. It is about me being one in harmony with a community and being one in harmony with the Holy Spirit moving. Today I'm concluding the series of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. In the first uh, message, we, we saw the idea of the Spirit being the creator. The Spirit of God creating and continuing to create, not only in the universe, but continues to create in our hearts, in our lives, in our communities. We saw how the Spirit spoke, how it spoke to Elijah, how the Spirit begins to speak to everybody, knowing that the Spirit of God is not quiet, it is present, and wishes to speak to each one of us, wishes to speak to each one of us if we would just sit down and listen. And last week, we saw how God's Spirit not only brings healing to a community, but also brings wholeness to a community. God is not concerned about your eyesight as much as your spiritual sight. God is not concerned about your diabetes as much as your well-being inside your heart, your love and your forgiveness. And that is true because in John, we hear the John saying, I pray that you will prosper in all things as your soul prospers. So it is from within out that God makes those changes. Today, I would like to invite you to consider the question I mentioned. What happens when the Spirit comes into a community? What happens when God invites a person, when God invades a person, when God invades a family, when God invades a community? In the Old Testament, we hear and we see how many times God appeared to the people of Israel and asked them to stop being idolatrous, asked them to listen, asked them to stop being selfish and to walk away from their own healthy ways of living, and they didn't actually get it. So God showed up in the life of Abraham, Abraham of all people who did not know God, but who was a God peddler. Did you know that? He was a dealer. He dealt in idols. Oh, and there were other things that they were dealing with, because in those days of the religion, your state of mind was also altered as you were worshiping. Yes. That was part of religion back then. 
So when God showed up to Abraham, he, Abraham was never the same again. Things went weird in his life. He, be, he had to learn to walk by faith and not by GPS. See, when God showed up in Elijah's life, Elijah wanted the war. He wanted the big sound, the big fanfare, the big... And God spoke to him in the whisper of the wind. So things don't go the usual way. When the people got in trouble in Israel, God would rescue them from their bondage, their exile, and even their death. So when God's Spirit comes to a place, things begin to change. Do you get that? When God's Spirit comes to a place, when God's Spirit comes to a family, things begin to change. Things cannot stay the same when a person, a family, a community comes in contact with a divine creator of everything. Oh, the lights are working again. Thank you. You see? It's just the fact that when God shows up, things are different. How did we know that? Well, the Old Testament uh, text that we didn't read, that we tried to listen to, you have it in your worship guides, is the old story of the old dry bones in the valley, right? Remember the old dry bones. There's even songs about the dry bones. We used to sing songs about the dry bones. You, you guys sing songs about because I've seen in, in the African songs about the dry bones, the African hymnals. Got it. We used to hear about the dry bones. And what happened in the valley of the dry bones? Well, the first thing that happened is when things are wrong, they begin to get fixed. When God shows up in places, for some reason, we've realized that things are wrong, and God began to fix things. Oh, this is the, the new way of saying, when the Holy Spirit shows up, there is conviction in our hearts, and the Spirit tells us the right things to do. That's the old way of saying it. The new way of saying it is, when the Spirit of God shows up, the things that are wrong begin to get fixed. Things that are broken begin to get fixed. God's way. You see? When the, when, when the bones were in the valley... And the Spirit told the prophet Ezekiel, go speak the word of the Lord. What was he speaking? His opinion? What was he speaking? The word of the Lord. So every time the word of the Lord comes, it creates change in us. It creates a problem in us. Because you see, what happens is that we have thought that doing one thing this way has always been right because we've always done it that way. Suddenly the Spirit shows up and we realize, you know, it's not, as, it's not the best. I think I can change or improve in this. Uh, am I alone in this experience? Oh. <laughs> you see, because when the Spirit comes to a place, things that are broken begin to get fixed. If your finances are screwed up, when the Spirit of God shows up, things begin to get organized. And suddenly you have money left over for the church. <laughs> I had to throw that one in. When the Spirit of God shows up, things that were broken begin to get fixed. Our view or way of life, which was one way, we begin to see it differently. How many of you, since you started coming to this church, or since we began to make the changes, begin to see things a little differently from what you used to? Because the Spirit of God dwells, comes. It doesn't matter whether it was here or in your home or in your family. It begins to make things right. Things that were disorganized are going to become in order. Remember the first message? Things that were in chaos 
are called to order by the word of the Creator. A second thing that happens when the Spirit of God shows up in places, things that were dead become alive. The bones became started to move, rattle. Things that were broken began to get fixed. Things that were dead began to get alive. Your hopes that you have had for your life. Maybe as you came to Jesus, they recovered a fresh new meaning. Your entire life should acquire a fresh new matisse, a fresh new meaning, a fresh new color, a fresh new smell, even that. When the Spirit of God comes to your life, when it comes to your family, and it comes to a community, things begin to come alive. I remember good old Buck Buchanan. Good old Buck Buchanan, the first few days that he was here at, at Lada Hope when we began, he, he, oh, he told me two things. I guess we won't be sleeping anymore in church. And I don't think he ever slept anymore in church. <laughs> and the second thing he said, listen to this. Thank you for taking us away, and here's this term, from this funerary music that we were become accustomed to. He said that, <laughs> quote, unquote. So things that were dead become alive. A worship that was routine, a worship that had become standard and insignificant, now acquires a new meaning because we do M&M worship. And M&M worship, those of you who are new and in the class, I didn't talk about M&M worship. You know what M&M worship means? Meaningful and memorable. That's why we do all the stuff that we do for worship, so that you will learn visually, so that you will learn through seeing, through doing, through experiencing the Word of the Lord in many ways. Those things that are dead come alive when the Spirit of God invades a life, a community, a people. The third thing that happens when the Spirit of God comes, not only do things get fixed that were broken, and not only things that were dead become alive, usually happens is that that was separated are brought into unity. The bones were scattered in the desert. And the word says, and suddenly, once the prophet spoke the word, the rattling became to take place. The bones began to rattle as, as the female found its other bone. I don't know enough about that. To the blank, John, don't join the other bone. You know the old song? Yeah. Uh, 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 not there yet. But things that were divided, things that were apart, are brought together again. Yeah. They're brought together again. In the vision, in the story that we read, the bones were scattered. The head was over there while it popped and found its neck. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Put yourself in that visual. Put yourself in that valley. Put yourself as you're seeing all that stuff happening. What do you think? It's beyond... It's beyond it's beyond all those mystery shows that we watch. Things that were divided are brought back together. Two Tuesdays ago, we had our community meal. And, and we, were, we had 80 people. 80 people in our community meal. And, and they were from the neighborhood. There were CEOs. There were regular employers. There were teachers. There was homeless people. They were poor people, rich people. And guess where they were all at? At the table. Thank God it was spaghetti. 
Then we kept the, boil, the water boiling and more people, drop it in. <laughs> it was a joyful situation to see how the community comes together for a meal and to rejoice with one another. And thank you for that effort. That team that does that effort is an amazing ministry. Things that are working around here, you see. So things that are going wrong are getting fixed. Things that are dead come alive. I just said things that are dead come alive. But I'm wondering if part of the things that are dead that come alive are bad memories, are resentments, are pains that come to memory because they were dead and now they're brought to memory. Well, we go back to the cycle. Things that are wrong are going to get fixed, okay? So if those memories are brought up, guess what? They are brought up because they needed to get fixed, okay? So then forgiveness comes into play. Then acceptance comes into play. Self-forgiveness, oh yes, come into play. And then things that were divided in our heart, things that were split in our heart, come together. As the Spirit of the Lord invades our lives, as the Spirit of God invades our community, let us celebrate that which the Spirit comes and brings. You see, this Spirit comes to give us life. We celebrate and welcome the Spirit that brings us in community, togetherness, with people that we don't want to hang out with. Isn't that amazing? Look around. Come on. This is not your regular bunch. Look at that guy over there. Who wants to hang out with him? <laughs> Look at that chip. Who wants to hang out with him? But when we need him, a chip, right? <laughs> His phone is dead, you see? But God brings us together in community. So we celebrate that community. You see, when the Spirit of God invades a community, things that are broken get, get straightened up. It's the Spirit that comes and makes the path straight, transforming that which was wrong into that which is right. The Spirit, we celebrate the Spirit that comes, and we welcome the Spirit that comes and brings fresh and new light into our community, into our ministry. We celebrate and welcome the Spirit that comes and brings unity, harmony, and makes us all one. And being all one is not easy. Tell me about it. I didn't want to come here in the first place knowing what I was going to be dealing with. <laughs> it's history now. And we keep on learning. When the Spirit comes to a community, guess what? How many of you go to somebody's house empty-handed? Some do. It's okay. There's no rule or, or constitutional law that says you have to bring the bottle of wine to the pastor's house. Yes. <laughs> or chocolate. No. This doesn't really have to bring somebody something. But guess what? When the Spirit comes to the community, He comes with gifts for all of you. And He comes with fruit. <laughs> What's that? With the fruit of the Spirit. See, He comes with ministry. He brings us together to be a community of reconciliation. That's what it's all about, to be the message of reconciliation, to be that refuge and place of hope, to be the light, the light of hope. The prophet finishes with the words of the Lord 
I will put my spirit in you, and you will live again and return home to your own land. Then you will know that I am the Lord, have spoken, and that I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. The word of the Lord. Let's stand together in, in spirit or in body and repeat together the confession that I have pulled out. Where is it? There it is. From our 1967 confession of the Presbyterian Church USA, where we're dealing with unity and realizing that our commitment as a church is to do the ministry of reconciliation. Please join me if you are able to stand in spirit or in body as we repeat section 2.1, and we are reminded of our ministry, not only as individuals, but also as a church. To be reconciled to God is to be sent into the world as His reconciling community. This community, the Church Universal, is entrusted with God's message of reconciliation and shares His labors of healing the amenities which separates men from God and from each other. Christ has called the church to this mission and given it the gift of the Holy Spirit. The church maintains continuity with the apostles and with Israel by faithful obedience to His call. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You may be seated, and as you are seated, let us pray. Lord, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for Your Spirit. We thank You for those who are listening and those who have received Your Word. We thank You, God, that You are faithful in speaking to us. Even where we're not even listening, You speak to us. We thank You that You invade our lives through Your Spirit and that You don't leave things the same as they were before you came. We thank you that you bring alive that which we have probably killed and forgotten to bring purpose and healing in our lives. And we thank you that you bring us together, not only within ourselves, but in community with one another. We pray this morning for our sisters and brothers who are ill, either at home, hospital, or rehab center. Lord, let us not forget them as we write their names in the, in the worship guide, but then we throw it away. Let us not forget those brothers and sisters who are in that situation. We thank you, O oh God, that tomorrow school starts and I won't be in that traffic. We pray for those that are going to be in the traffic, O oh Lord. Bless them with your patience. Let them be the light and be cordial. And yes, if one wants to cut in, cut in. You're more hurt than I am. We pray for the students as they join that, that task of learning for their lives. We pray for the teachers, oh God. Bless them, encourage them, strengthen them, inspire them, oh God. That they may make a difference in that child's life. We thank you for our summer camp and for Richards Christian Academy and for Pam Jones and all the volunteers from church and, and RCA who took care of the children this summer. And some were saved from abuse. Some were saved from illiteracy, oh God. 
We thank you for Jesus who is the one who brings us together, who is the one who died and gave his life for us. And sometimes we don't understand that because we don't really appreciate it. But we thank you, Lord, and teach us to realize how much it cost you to love us. And we thank you that you taught us through his words to pray together the words, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive our debts as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.